previously on Trust Me, I'm an Adventurer. And there's been word that old Clockwork Jenkins isn't running like clockwork and they need someone to investigate. Looks like somebody was up on the roof, lost their footing and fell, and they're not even really concerned about covering their tracks right now. I give chase. I follow. You follow them, they're they're headed into the ruins, and you realize that he has disappeared down one of those hinged statues. I rush up to the statue, and I attempt to start pushing it. Should we head down? We should go. After you. After you. Uh, I start heading down. you climb down the rungs and land in the the abandoned sewers they're kind of kind of clammy kind of just damp there's still some water running through but it's very clearly not the kind of thing that that's still being used they're surprisingly spacious they're wide they're reasonably tall and the tunnels go pretty straight it goes forward and back, and you can see some intersection tunnels ahead of you. Geldor, you were about to cast yourself a light spell. I was. Because I know a spell for that. So, I know a spell for that. On a 10+, plus, even with only a partial memory of how to cast it, you cast the spell at the cost, risk, or consequence that the GM named. You get the desired effect. On a 7.9, you manage to wrangle enough details from your memory on how to cast the spell, and you create the desired effect. You also suffer the cost, risk, or consequence that the GM named. However, in addition, the GM will tell you of a secondary magical effect you cause as you use details of how to cast other spells to fill the gaps in your memory. On a six or less, describe the additional magical effect in addition to the first one you wanted. You achieve both, but the GM will tell you how terribly wrong it goes in addition to whatever else they say. So, I am going to say that the main consequence is that as you said, there's a potential for it just turning into a fireball. So you are going to fill the gaps in your memory on how to generate light with how to generate fire. You're in an enclosed space and generating some fire could have all kinds of fun effects. So go ahead and roll plus int. Oh boy. Eight. You managed to wrangle enough okay. details from your memory on okay. how to cast the spell. You suffered a cost, risk, Not or bad. consequence. And in addition, I will tell you a secondary effect. Thanks. So what happens is you cast the spell. You do have to summon up some things that you knew about fire magic in order to make it happen. It gets suddenly extremely hot in here, which combined with the dampness makes it muggy and unpleasant. After a second, you see little tendrils of magic spill away from the, from the light. Let's say the, the light is kind of centered above where the two of you are standing. It's fairly large. It's casting a really large zone of, of light around you. And you see some tendrils of magic kind of spider off from it 
And you realize that there are sconces on the walls. They look crystalline. They might be gem. They might be, you know, they might be cut glass. You're not entirely sure what they are. But the tendrils of magic spider out and touch them. You realize that they're absorbing a little bit of magic and they all light up. So a moment after your light spell starts, it kind of becomes irrelevant. These aren't nearly as bright as the thing that you're generating, but they do light further up. But you realize that they're also lighting really far up and they're spreading out into some of the some of the side tunnels. So there's not a whole lot of chance of you sneaking up on anybody. They they probably definitely know you're here. Findor, look what my spell did. Not bad, except you just gave us away. And look how strangely large and accommodating these tunnels are. I wish I had closet space like this. I know, the tunnels are almost bigger than the uh, facility itself. Alright, let's get moving. Let's find this guy. Or girl. What is this place? I don't know, Gildor, I don't know. But I don't like it one bit. It feels almost foreboding and clammy. That's just your sweaty hands, Gildor. <laughs> your sweaty hands. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. My mistake. Yes, it is. Let's move forward. Yes, let's let's move forward. You head forward a little ways, and you go probably twenty feet before. It's not quite a room. The tunnel widens on both sides at the same time, and it looks kind of like there's a, a storage area here. There's a lot of old, rotted equipment. There's what looks to be um, some articles of clothing. They're that type of old that they look fine right now, but if you go up and touch them, they're going to start to dissolve. Looks like it was very utilitarian at one point, but has long since has since decayed into basically nothingness. That's just like some people describe my mother. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> uh, and about 20 feet forward of that little, that little fake room, you come to an intersection. Before you just go stumbling blindly out into it, what uh, what do you do? Do you stop before it? Do you just walk into it and then look around? I think we should stop just shy. Yeah, I'm okay with that. Uh, I, we can stop just shy and um, sort of listen, see if we can hear, and then maybe like peek around without just walking out into it. So you come just before the yeah. intersection of the tunnel and kind of Scooby-Doo style, stick your head around to see what's going on. Off to the left, you see that the tunnel has just collapsed. Just a big pile of rubble blocking most of the way. You probably, if you really wanted to, could scramble up and over the top. And to the right, it just continues on. It looks very much like the tunnel that you're in now. And then, so your options are forward or to the right, or turn around and go back. Well, in the spirit of Scooby-Doo, I feel the need to say, Man, Geldor, I don't feel good about this, even though I just was talking to myself. Well... Which way do you think we should go? Well, I can't imagine he scrambled over the rubble. We probably would have heard something. Hmm. But I'm betting it's more interesting behind the rubble. I wonder if I could use a basic force spell to just 
gently move the rubble. What do you think, Findor? Is it worth trying? It's absolutely worth trying. Then I know a spell for that. Okay, so what are you trying to do with the spell? In theory, I should be able to conjure a force that's like a wind, but has the power of several, several horses pushing against a, a, a barricade that would move the rubble out of the way for us. But I'm not sure I entirely remember it, so I could just create a tornado that blows the rubble everywhere. I would say that the risk or the consequence is that you either lose control of how they're moving and knock them either towards yourself or onto something behind that, you know, you're pushing things blind. So it would be hard for you to say what necessarily is back there. And there's, of course, always the risk that you will end up damaging something structural. But there could be a statue of a horse back there. And I want to see it. All right. So roll plus in. A seven. All right. Okay. When I succeed, I have a little piece of cheese to reward myself. You conjure up a piece of magic. It is very forceful. It can dislodge really large pieces of stone. You send it through the rocks. You blow away a little bit on the top. So it's, it's a lot easier for you to be able to scramble up and over it if you wanted to. Past this, it looks very much the same from what you can see, and there's that same type of light that's coming out from the from the sconces that you lit up. And a secondary magical effect, you feel a very similar kind of spidery effect, but it doesn't do anything to the lights this time. You still feel like the magic that you cast got siphoned off somewhere, but it's not it's not going to the lights the way that your your light and fire spell did. Hmm. That leaves me with a feeling of general unease. Well, there's nothing to do about it yet. But I'm going to scramble up those rocks and try and get to the other side so I can see if there is indeed a statue of a horse. Oh, yeah, we're definitely scrambling up those rocks. Yes! We'll find that horse. Yeah, you scramble over the rocks and you find yourself in a tunnel that's very similar to this one. It's a little bit more wet. Because there's still water running through everything, but there's a big cave-in. So the water is pooled up a little bit more. And it feels a little bit clammier, a little bit mustier. There's a little bit of a whiff of fresh air that you didn't feel otherwise. What do you do? I'd say we walk down it. We travel on. I agree. Okay, you wander down for a little while. And you wander down for a little while and you see a door on the side which really strikes you as unusual because everything that you've seen that seems organic has been either really rotted or has been something very mossy. But this is a very typical looking wooden door. It's on the, the right hand wall. It looks completely intact, completely fine. And it doesn't look like it's been here for thousands of years rotting away. And the tunnel continues on and you almost think that it gets a little bit brighter and the light looks a little bit more normal in the distance. It almost looks like there might be some light, like natural light. Well, I'm curious about the door, but I also want to see where that light's coming from. I mean, I'm going to open the door. I think you should open the door. You open the door, and inside... I'm going to cautiously open the door. Yeah, yeah, you're not just flinging it open. Hey, what the hell's going on in here? Yeah, right? And it's almost pitch black in there. 
This is a room that doesn't have any kind of artificial light source. After a moment, the, your eyes start to adjust as you look inside, and there's there's a little bit of light trickling in from Geldor's light spell. And you see a weird, a weird kind of glinting. It almost looks like a little bit of Geldor's light reflecting off of metal, but metal that's sitting at a weird angle and looks way more polished than you would normally expect. Like, it doesn't look like a mirror, but it looks like it looks like something that's been polished the way a mirror would be polished. I want to see what it is. Are you just coming to the door, or are you going in? I'm going to cautiously enter the room. Something shiny has caught my attention. <laughs> How are you going into the room? Are you just walking in, or are you creeping in, or how are you doing it? I am cautiously creeping in. As you walk into the room, the light starts to trickle in. It's, it's maintained a distance between you. If somebody drew a circle with, with both of you on the perimeter, the light has been staying pretty much in the center of where that circle would be. So as you go in, the light comes with you, and you see a creature that you've never, ever seen before. You don't really know how to describe it. It has four legs like a cat. It has some kind of weird appendages. They almost look like big spider legs, but they almost kind of look like tentacles coming out of like where the rib cage would be. It is all made of brass. This was the thing that was reflecting light. Well, that is just insane because that is also how people have oh my described God. my mother. You realize that it moves a little bit when the light finally fully hits it. It isn't moving quickly. Tentacle leg appendages, twitch a little bit it is definitely starting to come around um i'd like to try and contain it in some sort of force field mm. i i'd like to contain it with the door i'd like to know what it is mm. i attempt to cast a force field spell around it that will contain it however I'm not sure that I entirely remember how to cast a spell around someone else other than myself, so I entirely risk the the effect of crushing it. That sounds like a good good consequence. Findor, he seems to be starting to cast a spell. Are you going to interrupt him? Are you going to be like, let's just close the door, or are you just going to let him proceed? No, you know, I think I'm just going to let him do what he does, but I'm going to take, like, you know, like a few steps back, so I'm sort of Kind of at the door just in case, you know, just going to head to my bets. I think that is a wise move. Geldor, go ahead and roll plus int. So, okay. uh, in this game, you learn through failure. So mark yourself a point of experience and describe the additional magical effect in addition to the one that you wanted. Um, so the additional magical effect will be that um, it will conjure force field around the creature. However, the force field will uh, slowly contract to the size of the creature, rendering it in some amount of pain. You cast the spell. It creates a bubble around the creature that starts to contract. And you can see this thing slowly start to have to crunch up. It seems obviously confused. It's still not really awake or aware. And so it's it's trying to figure out what's going on while this, this force bubble is appearing. Eventually, you can see it start to bend in a couple places. You know, there's some spots where as the bubble can contracts, it just can't bend properly to get away from it. 
And then you realize the tentacle things aren't contained in the bubble anymore. They were, but now they're not. And a moment later, the thing's head pops through. Most of its upper body comes out as well. After just a moment, the forest bubble is contracted quite a bit. The rear legs are still warping and getting crushed in the bubble, but most of the creature is on the outside. And it looks really confused. It's not bellowing. I mean, this is a a mechanical-looking contraption, so it doesn't quite work that way. But it's definitely angry. And then you realize that the bubble has stopped contracting, and it can move. It can take the bubble with it. It's now more like a a beast with a, you know, like if your dog breaks its back legs. And it's got to have a little cart to pull itself around in. (laughs) (laughs) well shit I'm gonna back back right up I'm gonna back right up with Bindor I'm just gonna like uh I think we need to get away from this are you walking back towards the rubble take that doorknob and just click that thing shut just start walking the other direction are you walking back towards the rubble or no 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 forwards towards the light towards the light yeah Okay, a moment after you start walking, you hear thud of this thing hitting the door. Let's let's walk faster. Yeah, you hear a couple more thuds, and then it, it stops for a little while. You walk on for a little while. It definitely seems to be getting lighter in here. After a while, you reach a spot where everything in front of you just looks like it's been ripped away. And you realize that these tunnels, these sewers, were up on a hill. And something has just scooped out part of the side of the hill. So this tunnel ends. There's pretty much a sheer drop off below you. When you look out, you can see a site that very likely no one has seen in centuries. You see the entirety of the cold ruins spreading out in front of you. Thank you for listening to Trust Me. I'm an adventurer. Here's a moment to take a few words from our sponsors. Yeah, there's nothing better than Wells Brand Fire Champagne. Available exclusively in Devon and all surrounding markets. It tastes good, it gets you drunk, and they give me a free bottle for everyone that buys one, so buy a bottle of Wells Brand Fire Champagne. I'll drink to that, that's for damn sure. This is a kind of architecture that no one in modern day has seen. What does it look like? Ooh. um... Yeah, you guys get to describe this world as much as I do. Yeah, that's tough. Ah, it... It looks not dissimilar to the odd, chaotic architecture described under the Antarctic in At the Mountains of Madness, where it was clearly a very advanced city, but also semi-primitive at the same time, because everything was clearly hand-built, but in an incredibly advanced way that almost doesn't look like it should have been able to be built. What would be the most notable building that you can see from where you are? The central spire, which looks 
a little bit like an elongated pyramid, but incredibly incredibly stretched out and tall and with incredibly smooth sides, almost as if it was machined in a way. It's it's amazing. Breathtaking to behold. You've you've never seen anything like this before. What do you do? Oh my god. Uh, well, we... Uh, I mean, there's no way... I, I mean, it's a sheer drop-off. I can't imagine there's a way to access it from here. A sheer drop-off was probably a little... I mean, it looks like something scooped away the remaining part of the hill that you're on. You could probably stumble down it successfully, but you'd be very hard-pressed to come back up through here. Yeah, we would need to, like, mount a proper expedition. We're not really equipped to, uh... And I don't want to get stuck down there. We should, we should, uh, tell, uh, Catherine. We should, we should... We should let Catherine know. And we should double back and see if anything on the other side of the rubble is accessible. As you turn to double back? Yeah. Yeah, you realize yeah, yeah. that while you've been standing there gobsmacked looking at at these really just amazing alien-looking ruins, you didn't hear the crunching noise that was the distinct sound of a wooden door being crushed open. Standing between you and your pile of rubble is the creature that you saw earlier. It's probably about 10 feet away from you at this point and is slowly crawling forward. It it looks like it can't move nearly as well as it could. Is it moving fast? It looks like it's moving at a at a slow walk as opposed to it looks like its normal walking speed would be really really fast compared to a person. I'd sort of like to dodge around it and put some distance between me and it. Okay. Are you trying to get around it, like put yourself in between it and the rubble, or are you just trying to clear out of its way? Uh, trying to get to the other side of it so we can put the rubble between us and it. Okay. So why don't you roll Defy Danger with Dex? So roll plus Dex. Hey, all hey. right. This was probably one of those situations where you didn't really want to fail the role. I did not. Defy danger. When you act despite an imminent threat or suffer a calamity, you say how you deal with it and roll. On a 7 through 9, you stumble, hesitate, or flinch. The GM will offer you a worse outcome, a hard bargain, or an ugly choice. When you try and get around it, it sees that the two of you are, are splitting in opposite directions, and it really doesn't want that to happen. It seems a little bit more cagey than a, a typical wild animal. When you try and get around it, it either is going to focus entirely on you, or it's going to focus entirely on Findor. Your choice. Well, I'm the one that made the move. It should focus on me. So you do successfully get around it. Findor, you realize that this thing doesn't really want to be trying to fight on two fronts. So it is just going to, it's going to ignore you for the time being. And it wheels entirely and is looking at Geldor. 
<laughs> I mean, I'm I'm gonna while it's ignoring me, I'm gonna close sort of close the gap between us. I'm not I'm not gonna act just yet. I, I want to sort of see what how it's gonna react to Geldor's what he's about to do. Uh, but I, I want to be like closer and ready to act just in case. Has it moved at all, or is it just spun around to... It's pretty much just spun around. Just skirt around it pretty quick, and so it hasn't really had a chance to... He gets around it, it's looking back and forth for a second, and then it just makes a decision. Yeah, okay, good. So I'm just going to sort of close it and like be ready to maybe do something? Okay. I'm sort of frozen in place in fear, because I don't know what this thing is. And it seems to be pursuing us. So I'm going to attempt to communicate with it in some way and sort of smile nervously and say, Hey, buddy, what you doing? It cocks its head to one side for a second. It almost looks like it knew what you said when you said it, and it's simply not used to hearing voices. If it could shrug, it would shrug. Its body language is pretty clear, even for a, for a mechanical creature. And it crouches down like it's going to spring at you. <laughs> See, you should have done the universal greeting. You should have offered it an Energon goodie. <laughs> oh. uh, weep, grana, weep, ninny bomb. That would have taken care of it. But I dared to be stupid. <laughs> I'm gonna yell at it. I'm gonna like, uh, like holler at it and try to get its attention. So it'll like turn around towards me. All right, so you know, I'm gonna say that's a defend roll. So the defend move when you stand in defense of a person, item, or location under attack, roll plus con. Plus con is kind of a weird thing to roll here. So I'm gonna say, uh, you know, I'm just gonna say roll con because there's not really a distract attribute. Sure, sure, sure. And on a 10 plus, you'll hold three. On a seven through a nine, you can hold one. You wave your arms and you shout, and it doesn't seem to really care whatsoever. So go ahead and mark a point of experience because you failed a roll. All right. Geldor, you have a large brass animal leaping at you. I am going to attempt a, a, a both defensive and offensive spell. They're, they're sort of rolled into one, it has the potential to pack the punch of a large stone hammer. However, it could also just cause a small explosion. <laughs> just so you realize, you maneuvered so that you're in between it and the rubble, which means the line is basically you, it, Findor, giant opening. Okay. <laughs> uh, Findor, get ready to dodge. <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm gonna say just the, the potential Great. explosion is, hit the deck. is your uh risk and consequence. So go ahead and roll. Fendor, this could explode, be careful. Say what? Pleasant. Yep. Hey. I, it's not a failure. I'm not a failure. I mean it's not a failure. On a seven, you suffer the cost risk or consequence that we determined. And there will be a secondary magical effect you cause. It sends me flying backwards slightly into the rubble. Yeah, 
let's say that the secondary magical effect knocks you back and it also messes up your magic for a minute. So you might have a little more unintended consequences from this point until the next scene. You try and conjure up a magical magical force hammer or something, and instead you make a, uh, an explosion that's mostly centered on the beast. It's a little bit closer to you than just centered on the beast is, though, and it sends you flying. So you're off kilter, but the beast itself looks like it's been pretty well damaged. What do either of you do? While it is sort of um, recovering from this blow it's just taken, I want to take the opportunity to get around it and, and head towards head towards the rubble. Okay. Uh, you're just pushing past it? Yeah. Okay, so go ahead and roll Defy Danger deck. Great. Great. Eight. On a seven through nine, you stumble, hesitate, or flinch. While you're trying to push your way through, you stumble a little bit on the much mossier, much wetter uh, ground around here. And you're off balance. So this thing is this thing is the only thing that's not off kilter a little bit right now. Mm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay, so this thing is hurting and it sees both of the things that it's interested in. Worse for the wear. What do you do? I'm going to swing my hammer sword in an attempt to sever the tentacle. That would be a hack and slash move. When you attack your enemy in melee, roll plus strength. On a 10 plus, you deal your damage, which is, that has a two harm tag on it, right? I believe so. So you deal your damage to the enemy and avoid their attack. At your option, you may choose to do plus one damage, but expose yourself to the enemy's attack, their next attack. On a 7 through a 9, you deal your damage to the enemy, and the enemy makes attack against you. So go ahead and roll plus strength. Nice! Yeah! Okay, so you swing at this thing. You're awesome hammer sword just chops through a couple of the tentacles on one side. Do you want to do an additional point of damage? Or do you want to expose yourself to the enemy's next attack? Um, additional point of damage. So you slice through an extra tentacle. This thing bellows now. This is the first time you've really heard it make a noise like this, but it's very clearly regis- registering some kind of pain. While it's um, obviously hurt, I, I guess I'm going to have to Make an attack myself. Try to kick the thing while it's... Okay. Roll hack and slash. While it's down, metaphorically. All right. So you managed to take a swing. You've got a two-harm tag on yours too, right? Yeah. On your sword? Yeah. You managed to take a swing at it, and you connect pretty deeply into the shoulder of the thing. It bellows and claws. While you get to the point where you were close enough that you could take a swing at it, you realize that one of the tentacles has wrapped itself around your leg, and that was its next attack. So what do you do, both of you? Ugh. I am going to... I'm going to start hacking away at that time. Yes, you do that. Go ahead and uh, roll another hack and slash. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I am going to swing for its neck with my hammer sword. Uh, go ahead and make a hack and slash roll. Okay, so, Fyndor, this thing has a hold of your leg, and you try and hack at it. You swing wide, or you glance off it, and it just pulls. It pulls back, and you tumble, and you're on the ground. Mark a point of experience. Oh, God. If you ever fail a roll and I don't say mark a point of experience, mark a point of experience yeah. anyway. Okay, Geldor, you rolled a nine, so you deal your damage to the enemy, and the enemy makes an attack against you. I'm just going to say that you trade harm for harm. So you take two harm as you take a swing at it, and it slaps you with some tentacles. 
but it looks pretty hurt at this point. Hmm. I'm going to swing one more time and try and take its head off. Go for it. Okay. Okay, you rolled an eight. And that's another mixed success, so you're going to deal damage to the enemy, and the enemy is going to make an attack against you at the same time. You're going to do enough damage to it that you're going to kill it. So you don't manage to lop its head off, but your hammer sword lodges itself pretty deep into this thing's chest. It slumps over. You take a point of harm from the, the last of the tentacles hitting you, but they were losing strength. And this thing just topples over into a, you know, into a lump of, of metal. Oh, thank God. You know what I think this would be? You know what I think would be great right about now? What? A nice bottle of Wells brand fire champagne. That would wash the pain away. Sounds delightful. Nothing like Wells brand fire champagne. After a hard fought drop. And it's the smoothest of the fire champagnes in all of Deva. I can almost taste its sweet, smoky elixir now. 